This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. You are listening to WQED Voice of the Arts podcast. I'm Emily Bruner, and today we have Butler County Symphony musical director and conductor Matthew Kramer and composer Ronaldo Moya. Welcome, Matthew and Ronaldo. Good morning. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So Butler County Symphony Orchestra is holding their Voice of the Voices of Nature concert next Saturday. What is that about? Well, so many of our programs are thematically driven, and so a nature program is probably nothing uh, unique at all. There's just so much incredible music that composers for centuries uh, have uh, written as inspiration, has been inspired by by the nature that surrounds them. And so that's the gist of our program here. But I'm thrilled that uh, there are two components of this program. Our principal oboist, Hilary Phillip, will play the beautiful Vaughn Williams Oboe Concerto. And we are welcoming a, a dear friend and a brilliant composer, Ronaldo Moya, uh, to Butler, who will be there uh, in person as uh, this piece receives his second premiere, his uh, uh, work Dark Earth, uh, which you know, Ronaldo will tell you more about. But just it was such a smash hit with our audience in Indianapolis a year ago that I immediately looked for an opportunity uh, to program this piece again. Awesome, awesome. And so, Ronaldo, your piece Dark Earth um, is the going to be the second time it's going to be played here in Butler. Um, what is the piece about? How did you come to write it? Yeah, so um, when I when I wrote this piece a few years back, um, the the prompt was to write something that had to do with the uh, deforestation in the Amazon forest, right? And I'm from Venezuela, and uh, Matthew had spent some time in, in the Peruvian Amazon and had started thinking a lot about, you know, the future of our planet and all of those really, really important things. And, and so as I started reading more about um, what's going on down there, I started to come across this um, anthropological theory that 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 talks about how this image of the Amazon as this pristine, pure, untouched by human activity um, place really is a fiction that in fact, uh, the Amazon forest was in large um, shaped by human activity through thousands of years of um, cultivation and agricultural work uh, and slash and burn agriculture and all of that. And and so the piece is really kind of an exploration of, of that relationship between um, humans and nature. And the title of the, uh, of the piece, Dark Earth, really refers to to that kind of dark earth that you find in the Amazon that is really the result of the burning of the crops and the burning of sometimes of even like ceramic um, utensils and things like that. Um, and so what we have in the piece is these kinds of, um, we're traveling through the Amazon and we travel through these dances, right? And we begin with a kind of an introduction and then we go to Brazil, to Amazonian Brazil, where we hear a capoeira dance um and then you first hear it in in a kind of more uh, naturalistic way and then it starts to twist and then we go to uh, uh venezuelan where i'm from venezuelan at the venezuelan amazon where you have some um, calypso music which is actually quite strange because we most people are used to hearing calypso music in the context of caribbean music and it, it is originally from trinidad in the caribbean but oddly enough, there was a there was a strand of it that landed in Amazonian Venezuela, and it's it's very very well known from that area. 
So, and again, we hear the we hear the dance in its more kind of um, quote unquote normal way before it then it starts to get twisted and 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 kind of deformed a little bit, right? Sort of like almost like a metaphor for for that relationship between like humanity and, and the Amazon. And then the final dance is a chicha, which is a kind of um, Amazonian cumbia from Peru, and it's a it's a similar kind of kind of situation where it's presented at first in a more naturalistic way before it then gets twisted. The whole thing builds to a climax where, you know, if you want to follow this metaphor, it kind of feels like it's kind of where we are now. It's this kind of climactic point where um, where maybe, or not maybe, quite likely, um, extracting more resources from the earth than is sustainable. And we are kind of abusing that relationship. And, and at, the, at the end of the piece, there's this sense of like, okay, there's a question, right, that is posed, like, how, what, where do we go from here? What's the next step in this relationship between humanity and our lungs, right, right our natural lungs in, on this earth? And and um, hopefully that the piece is, is not a downer, but I think it, it, it ends with this kind of a sense of almost like a prayer, like a uh, kind of attitude, let's regroup and think about what we can do, a call to action of sorts. So, um, so really, it's a piece that explores th that relationship between people and the earth. And I don't think um, we will ever stop. Well, I mean, I think we, we need to continue to care about the stuff, even though there are other uh, pressing issues in our society and our, and our culture. But I think that's probably our most important problem to deal with as a, as a humanity. Indeed, indeed. That sounds like an amazing piece. And it comes from three different regions. So you you cover different areas of the Amazon. And is it more of like you start at the, the beginning of the Amazon and you work kind of way towards um, where we are today? Because you said we kind of end there. So do we start? No specific yeah, it's, it's all sort of in in that Amazon space. But it's also, I mean, it's it's so vast, right? It's Yeah. And, and so I didn't want to try to like, make it super like a travel log type of piece, but it's more, um, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a metaphorical journey, really more than a kind of a journey in a Rick Steves type of way. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds like an amazing piece. Um, so how did you two meet? How did you two decide that this is what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the Amazon rainforest. Well, Ronaldo and I met uh almost seven years ago i, I want to say uh in indianapolis uh we had a, a, a earshot a composers reading in a competition which the Cha indianapolis chamber orchestra holds every year ronaldo uh unanimously uh was the winner of this composition contest uh, a brilliant passacaglia which we played uh at the Indi indiana state university contemporary music festival and immediately i knew that i was I had I had something that I had to work out with Ronaldo. There was going to be a future commission. I just needed to find the right opportunity. And, you know, certainly this was making headlines, I believe, in 2018, 2019, uh, about this deforestation, just uh, acres and acres being mowed down. And, you know, I thought at the moment that this was the most pressing issue of our time. And little did any of us know that, you know, there's a, a pandemic right around the corner for us. So Ronaldo and I had uh, conversations uh, very, I think he was very interested in this this idea. Uh, I thought his his narrative that he was he was uh, you know looking into was absolutely fascinating. You know, the only parameters we really gave him was we were looking for a piece of about you know twelve to fourteen minutes, and he packed in 
uh, an incredible amount of content uh, in, in that little amount of time. Uh, the piece was actually commissioned and conceived with a video element. We had a wonderful video um, uh, uh, that was created by Mike Hallertz, who had worked with the Chamber Orchestra on a previous pro project before. So Ronaldo and Mike worked together. We'll just be presenting the piece uh, of music itself uh, for this concert. But uh, really, the whole process was fascinating to watch as, as Ronaldo and Mike worked together and just to see how all of this came. Last thing I want to say about this before turning it over to Ronaldo is really that the musicians uh, in the chamber orchestra were absolutely captivated by this piece. They embraced the challenge because it is very difficult music. Uh, and I know already that our musicians in Butler are uh, gearing up for that same challenge as well. I'm getting a lot of emails coming in asking about questions and notation. How do I play this? Uh, so I know that we're really uh, looking forward to the entire rehearsal process coming up. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's probably not music that they are used to playing for sure. How would you describe the piece, Ronaldo? I mean, the challenge, the, the musical challenge, the the meters, et cetera. I think that the the challenges are mainly rhythmic, right? And mm -hmm. like I mentioned, that we first hear that that the dance is in a in a more kind of straightforward way, and then they sort of get distorted rhythmically and in, in various ways. And then it's not just that, but then there's also layering uh, on top of each other, right? So the various parts are kind of always commenting and, and weaving in and out of each other. Um, and so I think that that's a tricky thing. And um, if maybe you're not familiar with some of those dance elements from, from that region, it, it could sound... Um, a little bit foreign to you and I think there is there is there is some getting used to that because you you do eventually find a groove because it does groove within these more complicated things it's um it's a little bit of a of a wobbly groove sometimes and sometimes those are for me that the most exciting kinds of grooves where it feels a little bit off kilter you can sort of move your head to it but you can't quite figure out what's going on I, I find that I find that stuff in music really fascinating and, and I wanted a piece to kind of explore those those ideas and and I think that's um that's one of the main challenges in this piece yeah for sure for sure um and and Matthew so part of this program is also having other classical works why why um have Ronaldo's piece with Beethoven for oh, because it fits perfectly. Uh, <laughs> although when we did this a year ago, we did it with Vivaldi's Four Seasons, ah. uh, which might be one of the, you know, the the best examples of early programmatic music by a classical composer, you know, going all the way back to the Baroque era. But Beethoven certainly, um, perhaps as much as any composer that I'm aware of, uh, really relied on nature for inspiration. He would walk daily, you know, the outskirts of the city, Vienna woods. Uh, throughout his notebooks, it's well documented that he just needed nature. Uh, not only for sustenance, but, you know, for, for this, this inspiration. And so his sixth symphony is really a remarkable piece. And that's what we'll have on the second half of the program. It's the pastoral symphony. Um, it is so dramatically different than the fifth or the seventh symphonies, which surround it much more uh, contrast than the third and the ninth symphonies. Those are really, you know, heroic, you know, a Titan fist uh, up to the sky, challenging fate uh, works, but the pastoral symphony is just an idyllic, um, very serene work that moves very slowly, uh, you know, harmonically. So it's just a, a piece whenever I come back to, I'm amazed by what he achieves uh, in such a dramatically different fashion. And, you know, I, I do think that these these conversations that we have as, as artists over centuries share a through line. Certainly Ronaldo's work, 
um, you know, with its inspiration in, in the Amazon is not vastly different. Uh, the musical languages than the the Vaughan Williams or the Beethoven, but really the, the shared theme, I think, ties together a very beautiful program, even though there is a great deal of welcome musical contrast in all three pieces that we're performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beethoven six for sure is completely different, but also very, very pastoral. You're right, like very peaceful, nice. So it'll complement one of the great storms in classical music too that yeah. <laughs> was so dramatic and really because of the way that he waits almost 35 minutes you know to present that you know the first harmonically challenging music of the piece right there so brilliant creative even though this is a piece we've lived with for over 200 years yeah Amazing. Um, and Ronaldo, can we switch a little bit over to how did you start your career um, and where are you now? Yeah, so I currently live in the Twin Cities area here where I teach at Augsburg University, which is a Lutheran um, liberal arts um, institution. I'm originally from Venezuela. Like I mentioned, I grew up um, playing violin in the orchestra in El Sistema, which is this wonderful program of music education that looks to use musical training and ensemble playing as a means of social change. And, and I was lucky enough to have been a part of that. And I was given music instruction as a, as a kid for free and played in the orchestra. I was a founding member of what eventually became the Simon Bolivar Youth Orchestra and then the Symphony Orchestra of Venezuela and traveled around Europe and Latin America with the orchestra, you know, so just had these amazing opportunities as a young person to kind of see music in action and and to see the power of music and and I've tried to carry that mission with with me everywhere I've gone after that and but I've now been in the United States for more than half my life I'm 23 years out here and and so you know a lot of my work has to do with with that duality right my my identity as a Venezuelan as an American and and a Venezuelan American and, and kind of dealing with um, ideas of immigration and telling those stories and things like that. And because those are those are the stories that I that I want to highlight and, and explore my own history and my own identity in my yeah. work. Amazing. And when you when you wrote this piece, Dark Earth, did you feel like you were falling back a little bit on that childhood experiences and and that? Maybe a little bit. Um but um, I mean, I, I love writing for orchestra. I mean, it's like one of my favorite things, and, and you get to do so many, so many things. And and yeah, I mean, I, it was connecting with with my South American self, right? Like connecting with with the, those traditions in a, in a deeper way. And in a in a strange way, I think that this is um, in some ways my most Venezuelan piece, but also my <laughs> most like out there work in terms of like the way in, in which the things combine and I, I don't mean to to say that in a scary way like it's a and I think it's an accessible and exciting piece but I I think what I was really looking to do in this piece was to kind of bring together those aspects of of my of my own identity as a South American and with my own training and the understanding of the of the orchestral tradition and so what you get is is this kind of um juxtapositions that all come together in this piece that and I think um hopefully what I what I see is like a, a really exciting and interesting way. A confluence of ideas. Right. <laughs> um and what are you working on now? 
I am finishing off um, a solo piano piece for a wonderful pianist based in Indianapolis, who you might know, Matthew Clare, Long Dyke. Um, and then I'm getting ready to write a new string quartet for the uh, Jasper String Quartet and Soprano. Amazing. Wow. Ooh, man, piano, Emily, orchestra, quartet, everything. Emily, I would like to add, because Ronaldo is an extremely humble composer, <laughs> that we are so fortunate uh, and grateful that he's able to come to Butler for this performance. He's receiving commissions from major orchestras around the country. I mean, Premier what recently in San Diego, San Diego Symphony, uh, Ronaldo, I mean, just just some major, uh, really some accolades that are continuing to pour in here. So, um, and I just find it fascinating how he can keep up with all of these projects as well. I mean, for composers, probably the germination process begins in the head before pen ever goes to paper, or if you use a computer program, I'm not sure, but it's just, it's amazing how these works continue to come out um, and, uh, and receive the praise they justly deserve. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that's awesome um and would you two like to discuss anything else about the uh piece or about the upcoming concert i just want to say to anybody listening this is an incredible opportunity to meet uh, a composer of uh of such stature as ronaldo because again we, we rarely have the ability to, to bring in we don't do as much new music as i would like to do uh and when we do it's not often uh that we'll have the composer uh, present so this is a, a huge opportunity to hear the second uh, performance of this work. There is a recording available on, on YouTube. We did uh, stream this uh, a year ago, so people can be familiar with it. Certainly with, with new music, familiarity is a big part of uh, you know really grasping everything that your ears are able to hear. So to be able to hear it two or three times prior to the performance, I think is a real boon to really taking in. I mean, the other thing is the fascinating depth. Ronaldo mentioned layers. This is scored for chamber orchestra. And yet the layers in this piece, I mean, it makes it sound like it's a full 75 piece orchestra uh, at times. So it's really an absolute yeah. fascinating work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ronaldo? No, I just want to thank Matthew and all the folks at the orchestra for um, giving this piece uh, a second outing. It's so important for for the pieces, for, for the work that we do as composers, for those pieces to get a, a second performance and a third performance. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, everybody wants the the premiere and premieres are exciting. And of course, you know, like, um, but the second and the third performances are just as important as those premieres because that's how the work starts to um, spread and, and find its feed and an audience and, and people begin to, like Matthew was saying, understand and become a little bit more familiar with it. So I'm just really thankful to everybody at the orchestra and for Matthew for programming the piece and for um, bringing me out there. I'm really excited to to come to Pittsburgh and, and meet everybody and get to um, hang out a little bit with the orchestra musicians and, and just have a nice weekend with the music. So thank you. And I look forward to seeing everybody next weekend. Yeah, of course. It is going to be an awesome opportunity for next weekend, for sure. Uh, Matthew and Ronaldo, thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you, Emily. Butler County Symphony Orchestra's Voice of Nature, Voices of Nature concert is Saturday, November 5th at 7.30 p.m. Selections include Ronaldo Moya's Dark Earth, Vaughn Williams' Concert for Oboe and Strings in A Minor, and Beethoven Symphony Number no. 6 in F Major. Tickets available at butlersymphony.org slash concerts. This is WQED's Voice of the Arts podcast. 
This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art.